Nice dry weather for our weekend upcoming. We'll have sunny skies each day and sunshine for Sunday and Monday, too. With warmer temperatures just a little bit each day, we'll still hold on to some pretty delightful conditions throughout the weekend. Afternoon sunshine, 70s to near 80, dropping to lows of 60s and 50s tonight. We're under a sunny afternoon mostly tomorrow and again on Sunday. Low 80s tomorrow, 60s, 50s for the morning Sunday. The afternoon highs in into the middle 80s. Rob Sanji, WGSO, the Gulf Coast Stamp Club will have its Fall 2021 Stamp and Postcard Show Friday, October 1st, 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. Saturday, October 2nd, 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. At the St. Martin Community Center, Lemoyne Boulevard, I-10 Exit 50, St. Martin, Mississippi. The event is free and open to the public. There's free parking available, too. Sponsored by the Gulf Coast Stamp Club. More info at the Gulf Friday afternoon in late September. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. I'd love to talk to you about food. That's what we've been doing on the food show for 33 years. And why not keep going? Because there's endless things to talk about having to do with food. We have Gunter Preuss coming up today at 3 o'clock. I love talking to Gunter because he is a retired world-class chef with nothing to worry about and nothing to prove to anyone. He is 100% candid with everything that you ask. And he and I are going to talk about silly food trends that have come and gone. And he is uh, just absolutely unabashed about what his opinion is on fill in the blank. And I love it. And it's it's a rare quality today. So we're going to just have a little fun talking about food trends that we like or don't like. Patty, I want to tell you before, while well, I'm thinking about it before I forget, uh, Steve from the old place says hello. Oh, <laughs> I okay. talked to him this morning. 556 <laughs> is the number. If you want to talk about food, here we are. So the I'm going to go right to the edible dictionary word today because I'm going to take a guess, Patty, on how you feel about this particular item. The okay. Edible Dictionary word today, brought to you by Dorignex, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time, is prosciutto. I'm thinking that you eat prosciutto, don't have a really strong, you could take it or leave it. You do eat it, can take it or leave it, but it's not one of your favorites. 100% right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly, that's exactly. I don't eat prosciutto. I used to eat prosciutto until I realized I don't like prosciutto. It is elastic and um, I find the texture just offensive. I feel like meat should not be um, expandable and contractible. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say rubbery, but that's the same thing. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's prosciutto in little bitty bits and it's crispy like bacon, that's fine because, you know, essentially it's from the same place. But 
uh, I see prosciutto on pizzas and things like that, and I go, nah, nope. Don't, don't want it. Now, I do like, conversely, I do like Parma ham. It has the same uh, smoky flavor, but, well, prosciutto's not really smoky, but, um, or it could be. I don't, I don't know. I don't eat enough of it, but I know that I never had it before. I was with Tom. I've had too much of it since I've been with Tom, and I am now uh, in prosciutto avoidance. I don't care for prosciutto enough to eat it. And I figured, Patty, just a guess that you would feel exactly the same way. Yes, I do. So, prosciutto, according to Tom, is a dry cured ham in the Italian style. A pig's hind leg is covered with salt and a bit of fat, then hung up to dry in a building with free, cool air flown flow for about a year. It can be between 9 and 18 months, depending on the place and its climate. The salt is washed off and the ham is dried. Sometimes the bone is then removed, but sometimes even the hoof remains on. Prosciutto is usually served as is, sliced very thinly. It shows up most often in the antipasto course, where it is so common that in most Italian restaurants, it is most common as the first course. The word comes from a Latin expression meaning dried out. The two most famous prosciuttos come from San Daniele in northeast Italy and Parma at the top of the boot. Prosciutto is also made domestically, but it doesn't compare with the real Italian article. So Parma, <laughs> you know, over the course of the last 30 years, in all of the traveling that I've done with Tom and the 30-some-odd Eat Club cruises that we've taken, I always fantasized about a terrific eating adventure in Italy where we would go to Modena. Modena is what they say. Modena for the balsamic vinegar. We would go to Parma for uh, the cheese and the ham and um, or I should say the prosciutto and what's the third one there was a third one there they're all in the same little area if you were to travel from Venice to Milan on the road and it's kind of weird because Verona is in there too so it's almost like this little isosceles triangle you could go one way and go through Parma and Modena and you could go the other way and go through Verona or you could make like a triangle and hit all of these places so after about 30 years Tom and I when we were in Italy the last time in 2019 and this was right before Tom stop being on the air so you know we were already well into uh where he is and um and you're probably asking yourself then why were you traveling to italy you know i ask myself that all the time now but for some reason did not ask it before <laughs> so i um we were on we were driving from venice to milan and passed right through past the highway where it had exit for Parma, exit for Modena, and the, the fantasy eating trip that I had wanted for 30 years, I just, I just passed it right by because we had to, and it's too bad. So I never have made it to Parma or Modena and probably never will, but 
uh, that was as close as I got to actually seeing where those things were uh, come from, the origin, uh, the or, or the original locale, I should say. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Gunter Preuss coming up at three o'clock, but it's just us between now and then. I want to tell you from the almanac that today is Cherry's Jubilee Day. Okay, I'm guessing yes on Cherry's Jubilee for you. Oh yeah, okay. oh yeah, with whipped cream. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't see that's not something I eat because I don't eat just sweet things in general. They've got to be very specific. But um, I finally did Bananas Foster for the first time, believe it or not, about a year ago. Oh, that's so and, good. and I had to admit it was good. I mean, it's not something I need to eat again. It's just very sweet and I don't really eat bananas and syrup of all kinds is somehow offensive to me. The same would be said of Cherry's Jubilee, but I'm sure if I tried it, I'd probably like it. But uh, it's just not something, you know, I need to eat. Like we were saying, if you don't need to eat it, you don't need to eat it. So I don't need to eat it. I have to close the doors to the house. They're open and we're going to have a, oh, that is Wait, that's a little... Patty, talk for a second. I have to get up and close these doors. Okay. Well, Bananas Foster also has rum in it, which is my favorite spirit. So I think that's why I like the whole Bananas Foster. And I love the the presentation where they set it on fire. I just think that's fun. (laughs) How do you feel about Cafe Brulo? They set that on fire, too. Yeah, I don't like that. I I don't like cloves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the way cloves smell, but that's about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, so the reason I had to jump up, I'm going to tell you why I jumped up. Because we're insane here at the Coldwater Ranch. <laughs> and, um, and we have a lot, of, um, a lot of things that normal people would never do. Okay, so there's <laughs> this, like, like I was at my son's house. My son has a beautiful house, and, and I was sitting outside with him and his and I was talking to his nanny and she noticed on the side of the house a snail that was hanging on the wall and within two seconds she grabbed that snail and hurled it into the street and that was the end of the snail (laughs) and I thought oh that's sad the poor little snail and that's why, that's how you have a nice house, okay? Yeah. So in this house, we have spider webs that we leave because poor spiders. And um, today, I had the guy come over to spray for ants, which had made their way into the house. And so he was there and he goes, <gasps> did you see that? And what he was saying was he, was he was asking about this enormous colony of wasps that are Ooh. cornered in the eaves here at the Coolwater Ranch. Now, I don't want to kill a whole bunch of wasps because they're God's creatures and blah, 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 you know, all that crazy stuff. And so he said, well, just let me tell you this, though. He said, I just want to tell you that I know, I want to make sure you know that it's there and that you've told me not to do anything with it. And I said, well, let me just ask you this. Are they going to get bigger? What's going to happen to them? Because I mean, I feel like I should do something with them. And he says, well, what happens is there's a queen being developed right now. And then all of those wasps are going to be dead anyway before long. When it becomes winter, they're all going to go away and move to another place. And, you know, they're not going to make it very long anyway. 
And I should have thought, well, okay, then just go ahead and blast them right now. But I said, no, 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 let them do their little thing. And I, I mean, I don't know, bees are endangered or, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know if, if I should mess with mother nature like that. So he says, well, let me just tell you this though. Once I start spraying this stuff for the ants, they're not going to like that. So it's going to kind of disturb them. So I just want you to be aware of that. And I said, well, how long is that going to go on? And he goes, well, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Well, that's not true because now <laughs> the, still wasps, mad. <laughs> <laughs> the wasps are now moving all around. And, uh, and that's been a long time ago that they've been here. And so they weren't annoyed before. Maybe they're just getting a whiff of it now or something, but they are sort of moving about this space out here. And I have to keep my eye on them. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Um, again, the show about TMI. The just show another, TMI. just another thing for you to keep your eye on. <laughs> That's right, just another thing for me to keep my eye on. You are correct about that. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. We'll be back after this. Away from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is five girls, and the food is very good, casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five Girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. Night and day, you are the one. Yes, indeed. Five five six nine six nine six. Gunter Price coming up at three o'clock here on the Food Show on this gorgeous Friday afternoon. We're just blathering on, Patty and I, about nothing much. You know, so far we've covered Cherry's Jubilee, Cafe Brulo, Prosciutto. We're going to talk a little bit about coffee too next. When is it? Next week, midweek? You said next Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is Coffee Day. I wonder if it has anything to do with the. Uh, birth of Riccardo Ely in Italy. He joined his family's coffee company in Trieste, where he greatly expanded the marketing reach of Ely Cafe. He wrote an influential book about how to make espresso, starting with the unroasted beans and finishing in the cup. So I've seen Tom have a million cups of coffee and in Italy a ridiculous amount of espresso. Back to my favorite show, Bobby and (laughs) Jada. (laughs) They were talking about how much espresso they drink in Italy. So I guess for coffee people and if you're in Italy, you gotta have the hits of espresso. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How many do you do in the course of a day? Normally, you know, one or two cups of coffee. But when we were in Italy there was one evening when we got back to the hotel and we started thinking we drank nine shots of espresso that day. Everywhere you go, they've got those beautiful, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and it's like Italy? it was like a dollar, you know. Yeah. So you go in, you go, yeah, I'll take a shot. And we were like, we yeah. had nine shots of espresso today. But they're so, you- it's so good. Did you notice it? See, I don't drink coffee at all. So I don't, and I don't notice caffeine. So did you notice that you were a little jittery or? No, not really. Because, you know, you know how it is when you travel, you're nonstop, you know. So it it was like, no, not really. You know, it was probably pretty late when we realized that anyway. 
I love I love late in Italy. I love oh, when I you walk too. out of the hotel at eleven o'clock, or you walk back into the hotel at eleven o'clock, and you realize everybody's just coming out to have dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's it's just like so different. Anyway, uh, the espresso. I've finally determined what the difference is. Espresso is just the black coffee over boiling or boiling water over coffee, really thick, really dense, strictly black. And then, uh, I mean, obviously, you, some people put sugar in it. I mean, do you do it straight black, Patty, or do you put sugar in no, it? No, I usually, I usually put cream. I don't put any sugar, but I do put a little cream in it. Okay. And then, and then a cappuccino is that with not only steamed milk, but foamed milk as On the top. As well. Right. I didn't know there were two different kinds of milk that went in cappuccino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I don't know exactly what a latte is. A latte's dessert is what lattes are. A latte, a latte has is the a cappuccino. Syrup and the yeah, it's a cappuccino without the foam. It's just the espresso and steamed milk. Okay, but does there is that where they start piling on the? Don't they have like syrups in there that you are different can, flavors yeah. and stuff? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think of a latte as like a coffee dessert more mm-hmm. than anything else. I mean, I don't. Like I said, I don't do any of it, but. Um, but I, I like the idea. I mean, I don't have any, like, real offensive thing about coffee. It's just I've never really liked the taste of it. But I find it sort of a fascinating world. And the people who drink coffee are so enthusiastic about it that um, it's just sort of interesting to me that their tastes are so different. And, like, you can go to, like, I don't know what an Americano is. Or how it's different from the six other things on a coffee menu, but they are different. Yeah, they people. are. I, I'm not sure. I think an Americano is, um, it's like cafe au lait, except it's, ah, okay. it's uh, espresso instead of coffee and chicory, I think. I see. Okay. Tom's been drinking an extraordinary amount of coffee as he comes back to life. He's, he has been drinking an extraordinary amount of coffee. I think he had a whole pot yesterday. Now, Tom used to drink coffee like that. Tom, and before coffee was something else I needed to do to take over, and I don't really know that much about it, so my coffee was not very good, and Tom sort of fell out of drinking coffee. But now that he's on this new drug and is kind of waking up, um, he's back to noticing his coffee and wanting more and more and more of it. So he had a whole pot of it yesterday, which was kind of shocking. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Patty, have you ever taken a cruise? Did I ask you that before? Yes, yes, I've taken a couple of them. Where where do they go? Music cruises. Um, Music cruises. Yeah, like with it, it. It's like a jazz fest on a boat. It's all kind of oh. bands that play all day long, and. We went to the Bahamas once, and two years ago, we actually went to Spain. We left out of Barcelona, and we went to uh, that island uh, off the coast of Spain. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Ibiza? It starts with a P. Pla- oh. Playa something? Palma. Palma. Oh, and, okay. uh, and And we went there, and then we went to one other stop. I can't remember where it was, but that was, that was really cool. Going to Barcelona and getting on a cruise ship in Barcelona was fun. It was a it was a music cruise. What kind of music? Was it? <laughs> it was a Bon Jovi cruise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
the other ones that we were, we we went with our daughter on the Bon Jovi cruise, but the other uh-huh. ones that we went were uh, the Moody Blues, and it uh-huh. was a lot of those those classic rock bands and hmm. you know they give you a schedule at the beginning of the day which bands are at which stage i mean it really is like jazz fest you you get up and you just go to different stages and different clubs and listen to music all day the 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 stops are kind of like one of them we i didn't even get off the ship when we went but um because that's really the the cruise is more about the music but we went to the Mexican one, Cancun and Belize and uh-huh. one other stop. And then we went to a Bahamas cruise. Okay. Well, I can't imagine going on a cruise and not getting off the ship because, first of all, I'm not a, sh- a, a, a ship person. I am a port person. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I just I wouldn't. I mean, if you're there for the music, then I guess, and that's the only way you can get the music, then I would yeah. guess that that's, you know. Valid. I mean, everyone has their different reasons for going on cruises. But the point is, and the reason I'm asking you this, is that today in 1977, the Love Boat <laughs> launched. It was the situation comedy drama set on a princess cruise ship. The series tremendously boosted the popularity of cruising as a mainstream vacation. Previously, the average age of cruisers was deceased. The love boat showed people of all ages having all kinds of fun on a spiffy, glamorous ship. What Tom remembers most about the love boat was that no matter where you were on the ship, no matter what time it was, if you ordered a cocktail, it would be mixed by Isaac, played by Ted Lang. He appeared to be the only cocktail server on the whole ship. (laughs) Also at odds with our experience on cruise ships was the ease with which one could arrange to have dinner at the captain's table. So, Patty, your cruise experience was specifically about the music and less about the cruise, so it probably wouldn't apply here. But um, I, I can't imagine what cruising, I think that's, completely valid what Tom says about um, the love boat changing the paradigm for cruising 100% and that most people cruising was completely off the radar of everyone up until the love boat. I don't know how long the love boat ran. It was probably 10 years or so. And it seemed like um, a long time. Yeah, it was a long time, yeah. And I think that that absolutely did put cruising on the map for regular people. I know my own self, I've never been interested in the idea of cruising at all until we were approached by a travel agent to take the Eat Club on the road. And my kids were so enthusiastic about the idea that we did it. And then we did it another, like I said, 30 times. So um, it has been... A great experience for our family, but it is definitely not my preferred method of traveling. But uh, I, I, if anyone has been on a cruise ship pre-Love Boat and post-Love Boat, I'd be curious as to how they've changed because the whole dynamic of cruising as a family vacation absolutely did change at some point. I don't know if it's the Love Boat, but I think that's a valid, a valid idea that that could very well be what changed cruising into the vacation everyone wanted to do or a lot of people anyway five five six nine six nine six is the number we're talking about guinness the other day it's his birthday today um in night in seven seventeen twenty five my gosh 
Arthur Guinness, who founded the Guinness Brewing Company, was born today in 1725 in Dublin, Ireland. Members of his family worked as brewers, but Arthur got into the business on the entrepreneurial side. He started out making ales, but then moved to Porter, the higher alcohol, darker beers for which Guinness eventually became famous. Guinness is now the leading brand name of such beers, as well as the sponsor of the Book of World Records. The latter began as a means of settling arguments that may well have started over glasses of Guinness Stout. So I've been drinking Guinness as a, it's a stout. Is that what we, we've had, Patty? A stout? Yes. Because I... I'm not a beer drinker, so I, I'm not but I think a stout is a heavy beer, I think, like Guinness. But what's funny about it is it looks heavy, but it isn't. No. Which is weird, because I would expect it to have uh, that stout, dark color flavor, but it does not at all. It does not, or, or I should say consistency. It absolutely does not at all. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to us, me, Patty, we talk to each other. You're welcome to join the conversation about food. Well, this one isn't really so much about food. The words to eat by today are from Kermit the Frog, the Muppet created by Jim Henson. And Jim Henson was born today in 1936. The words to eat by are times fun when you're having flies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard him say that. I was not much of a Sesame Street fan. Uh, my kids didn't watch Sesame Street, and uh, and I we just never had it on. But um, I think that that is a fun little quote. Words to drink by today are from F. Scott Fitzgerald, much more serious. He was born in 1896. The words to drink by today are first, you take a drink. Then the drink takes a drink. Then the drink takes you. And on that note, we'll take the news from the Louisiana Radio Network. It's 2.30. Louisiana Radio Network News. I'm Dave Brannan. There were several tense exchanges during a joint Medicaid Oversight Committee meeting Friday where lawmakers questioned LDH's attorney about the approval of nursing home evacuation plans. River Ridge Senator Kirk Talbot asked LDH attorney Stephen Russo, who approves evacuation plans? So if someone says this plan has some flaws in it, you bump it up to health standards, then they give the final say? I mean, who is the final? Where's the buck stop? I would need to refer you to the rule that they have to submit their full plan to their local and OEP. All right. All right. I guess we won't get anywhere there. Russo's answers were limited due to pending litigation against the department and Bob Dean, the owner of the seven nursing homes where more than 800 were evacuated to an independence warehouse, and now 15 patients have died. I'm Brooke Thorrington. A North LaRose neighborhood that endured a 10-foot storm surge is dealing with almost a foot of sludge in standing water. Lafouche Parish President Archie Chasson says he completely understands that residents are frustrated and tired, but he tries to encourage them to remain hopeful. LRN. There are plenty of phrases about roads. The open road, road trip, road rules. The list goes on and the reason is simple. We all have places to go. We're on the road in our cars, on our bikes, and on foot, and we need to respect each other. We all have the right to be on the road. In fact, according to Louisiana state law, pedestrians have the right of way. Follow the rules, pay attention, and obey the laws. We're all on one road. Share it. Respect everyone. Paid for by Louisiana Highway Safety Commission. 
It's like a match made in heaven. Louisiana rice and Louisiana crawfish. And man, oh man, do they go together. Think crawfish and rice stir-fry. Crawfish and rice casserole are world-famous etouffee. Simple Louisiana ingredients. Rice and crawfish. Cajun, Creole, baked, fried, boiled, however you like it. Just start with rice and give those little mud bugs some spicy Louisiana love. Brought to you by the proud farmers of certified Louisiana rice. Bummed out there's no music festivals again this year? Well, you don't have to be because Fallberg Private Wealth and AOS Interiors have partnered with the Funky Uncle to present a Funky Uncle Jazz Fest. The Funky Uncle Jazz Fest series will take place at Voodoo 2 Lounge at 330 Carondelet Street in the CBD on October 8th and 9th, and then again the following weekend on October 14th through the 16th. On October 8th, Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award recipient Leo Nocentelli of The Meters performs with special guests Big Chief Donald Harrison, Big Sam, Jamal Batiste, Bill the Buddha Dickens, Elise Testone, Stephen Paraloo, Albert Margolis, and Dem Two Little Things. On October 9th, it's Jason Neville's Funky Soul Band with Big Chief John of the original Wild Chapatulas. For tickets and more information, go to www.funkyuncle.live so you can come get funky with us safely until the festivals return. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Yes, indeed. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you have gone anywhere to eat lately, call us and give us a report. Is anybody eating out anymore? Because it's. Uh, I mean, I know we're not, but we have a, a good excuse. Um, I think, though, that we will actually resume that pretty soon. But it has been a bit of a while for us to be eating out. Uh, certainly, to the extent that we did. But uh, if you have been and do not have the challenges that we are experiencing here at this moment, I would love to hear any food report from you. We don't get many of them anymore. And, uh, and I miss it. I definitely do miss it. Tom and I were talking about uh, jambalaya because I made some jambalaya the other day. And when that guy called uh, Roger from uh, Arizona, and I hope he's listening. Roger, if you're listening, I think tonight's the night that he was going to make the jambalaya for 35. I would love to hear the report on what you did to make the jambalaya and uh, how it came out and what the reports from your guests were. But I am still working on the jambalaya that I was craving last week and made and no one else ate so I'm still eating it so today I had some heating up and Tom said what is that and I said it's it's jambalaya and he goes oh I don't like that <laughs> I said I said I know you don't like jambalaya that's why we were talking about it the other day and I said that you always said don't take a recipe from someone who doesn't like the dish. So I was wondering why he had a jambalaya recipe in the cookbook. But the answer, of course, is that it is a cookbook about New Orleans food and people expect a recipe for jambalaya, although Tom's was a little bizarre and that's because he doesn't like it. So he wound up not eating the jambalaya, which meant, of course, that I had to eat double as much. Oh, well. Let's see. This weekend is the anniversary way back in 1972 
of the opening of La Provence. For those people who live on the South Shore, I'm sure that you only know of La Provence as sort of some fabled place out in the boonies in uh, Lacombe, or between Lacombe and Mandeville. And for a long time, that's the way I looked at La Provence. I mean, 1972 is a long time ago. That's 50, coming up on 50 years. And, okay, well, let's go to Jules. Hi, Jules. How you doing, Marianne? I'm hanging in there. How about you? Fine. I always summarize the week of listening to you. I've just gotten back to I'm, I'm from Ida listening to you. And uh, I heard the conversation a day or two about eggplant. Yes. And then you began to talk about tapenade. Uh-huh. Have you ever made an eggplant tapenade? No. You know why? Egg- why? Because I don't like eggplant. <laughs> oh, eggplant, tomatoes. Papers, it's oh, are you talking about caponata? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's okay. About making it with olives. Oh, I had a I had an eggplant one day, and I was, what am I going to do with it? So I I cooked it down with some tomatoes and some uh, some capers and some garlic and olive oil, and it was delicious. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Wait, right, so next you th- item. You threw the olives into that mixture, well, and that. I, I, uh-huh. I didn't use I didn't use olives. I used capers. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And but it was you cooked the you diced up the 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 eggplant, diced up some tomatoes, cooked them down in olive oil, and you end up with almost like a bruschetta. Well, it sounds like it sounds like you're talking about caponata rather yes. than tapenade. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, tapenade. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. A long time ago, you were talking about Hershey's chocolate. Are you on a chocolate binge? I'm always on a chocolate binge, but not on a Hershey's chocolate binge. Why not? You don't like it? Well, to quote to quote a woman that really, really deflated my ego years ago on Tom's show, quote, I don't eat cheap chocolate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I I was up in York, Pennsylvania, a year or two ago, two years ago. Uh-huh. We went to the Her- Hershey factory, yeah. and uh-huh. I I never knew this, but two two facts: there are seven almonds in every Hershey bar with almonds, only seven, mm-hmm. and the Hershey chocolate is made with sour milk. Mm-hmm. That was an accident, and they kept it that way. They kept right. it so you, when you yeah. when you eat it, you now go, yes, I can taste. Sour milk. Yeah. Okay, on, on to cruises. Cruises. Okay. I didn't take a cruise because of the love boat, but my wife and I have been on two years in a row before COVID. The Viking longship, the, the long, the mm. tall boats would only take 180 people downriver. And we uh-huh. did Lyon to Marseille. And uh-huh. the next time we went, we went Budapest to Passage, Germany. And mm-hmm. You know, I guess we were in the dead category, like Tom talks about. Uh, but, but you know, there were young people. We made friends. We were everything was taken care of. You got on the boat. Uh, they're only two stories high. Uh, it, it is. I drank the Kool Aid. It's a great way to cruise and go oh, to Europe. It is for sure. And now, the, have you only cruised? Because I don't. 
I don't consider those cruises in the same way that you talk about the 3,000-person big ship. Right. So have you done so any I, of the I big ships? I wouldn't, I wouldn't step on one. We are the Thursday before Thanksgiving week. We're flying oh. to Rome, going to stay in Rome over the weekend and get on a 900-person, a little mini cruise ship uh-huh. in Rome and go through the Mediterranean and end up in Barcelona. And that's also by biking. And biking, um, okay. I, think, uh-huh. I, I think those guys do a, a great job yeah. with food. Uh, yeah. They don't nickel and dime you. There are no children allowed. Um, you can buy a ticket for $150 and you can drink all you want. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really a great, and, and they take it's you the on tours. It's the classy way. Pardon? It's the classy way. Well, it's not so much that, you know, there's some, it's blue jeans and flannel shirts. No, 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 but it is classy. uh, I mean, you know, it's classy whether you're wearing blue jeans or not. It's, it's, it's classy. And and you make friends with people and they're saving seats for you at the dinner table that night. Yeah, sure. Right. The the two trips we've done before have been great trips and I'm looking forward to this Thanksgiving um, uh, trip to Rome and down to Barcelona. Yeah. Okay, well, call us back and tell us what it was like. You know, of all the cruises that we took, and lots and lots of them, um, whenever we brought up the idea of a river cruise to Tom, for some reason he wasn't interested in that, which is too bad because we just never did do one. And I would love to do that. I think that would be a fantastic way to uh, navigate Europe. Starting in Lyon, they'll stop at a port and take you through a night tour through a Roman city. Uh, they'll mm-hmm. take you through the the uh, the wall cities. It just was. They just do it very well. And mm-hmm. uh, I thought you said tacky, not classy before. No, classy, it, it classy, is not, classy. It is not tacky at all. No, uh, no. It really is a great trip. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always good talking to you. Same here. Please call after your uh, cruise in um, <laughs> November. Okay. Take care. I, I will do that. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. Jules. Bye. 556-9696 is the number. I'm glad he called because, um, actually, I wanted to finish that conversation about Hershey's. Um, the one thing that I took away from the Hershey's visit to Hershey, Pennsylvania, which really does smell like chocolate, the whole town, uh, was a jar, a big, like, gallon jar that said Hershey's on it. And that is where I put my stash of chocolates or one portion of my stash of chocolates. And it's, it's empty now, I'm happy to say, although I have been cheating. But I finally did ask my daughter to bring me some chocolate yesterday. And I, I'm sorry that I did that because I, I, I don't want to eat it and it's here, so I'm going to eat it. Five five six nine six nine six is a number. I was saying that uh, in 1972, Chris Caragiorgiu opened La Provence a little bit west of of Lacombe in what had been the dining room of a small defunct motel. He went by the name Chris Karras back then. He didn't think anybody could handle his real name. He was well known to New Orleans diners. He had been the maitre d' at the Rib Room at the Royal Orleans and then at the Royal Sinesto. But Chris wanted to explore his own ideas. He went into the kitchen. He'd done that before on cruise ships and put together a menu of familiar New Orleans dishes. But the menu was sprinkled with tastes from his native south of France, as well as a few tastes from his Greek background. 
Chris sold La Provence in 2007 to John Besh, who cooked at La Provence on his way up and shortly after passed away. He is a permanent member of the pantheon of most loved New Orleans chefs. I used to find La Provence a really depressing place. I don't know why, um, but that's just the way it came across to me. And then when John Besh purchased it, it changed into a more glamorous place, but still had that aura of, you know, well, not depressing, but just, I don't know. I never, I've never really cared for La Provence in any way, really. And now it's been purchased again by someone who I think could really, really do something just plain glamorous with it, although it's not going to be really open much to the public. But the person who owns La Provence now is Cayman Sinclair. And Cayman has sustained a major blow to the operation. Uh, it looks like... The lake house is really, really pummeled from Hurricane Ida. I want to get him on to talk about that um, because Mary Lee said that she saw that the windows weren't only blown in, but like the whole window cavity was blown in. I mean, it's an old, old building. That's a well over 100-year-old building that the lake house is in. So Cayman has a lot of holdings, and that's a big one. And so I don't know how that's going to affect the future of La Provence because once he purchased La Provence and was well on his way to renovating it into a great venue with a couple of little cottages for, you know, people who are like destination weddings, COVID hit. So Cayman has uh, sustained quite a number of setbacks, I guess, as everyone has in the restaurant industry. But, um, but he's got, you know, his movie catering company and all kinds of other things. And he'll survive for sure. But he's got a lot on his plate in terms of getting things back. So I'm curious as to when we do talk to him, I want to ask him the status of La Provence. Because I think they had just started doing weddings maybe this time last year. And then, of course, we had the new round of COVID. So I don't know what, what's going on over there. 5569696 is the number. We'll be back after these messages. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. Mandeville Seafood, celebrating 25 years. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. You make me feel so young. We are back with the food show on this beautiful Friday afternoon here as we approach late September. 
At 3 o'clock, we have Gunter Preuss on to talk very candidly about food and trends and things like that. We always love to talk to Gunter. We haven't had him on in a while, so I thought, let's talk to Gunter again. Tomorrow, or is it Sunday, is going to be National Pancake Day. Patty, you love pancakes, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah, who doesn't? Is there <laughs> anyone out there who doesn't love pancakes? If you are such a person, because every now and then I come up and I say, okay, everybody loves such and such. If you are the one person in the world that doesn't like this, please call us. Because it's interesting. There can't be 100% participation in everything. But I am kind of curious as to something like that. If you don't like pancakes, tell us why. Because it seems kind of... Um, fundamental to humans to love pancakes. I mean, what what could be offensive about that? I mean, unless you have like a gluten allergy or something like that, but I think you probably still would like pancakes, but maybe can't eat them. Let's go to Mike. Hello. Hello. Just had lunch at 527. Yeah? I think, I think it's becoming the Galatoire's of the nausea on Fridays. Is that right? <laughs> the place the place was packed. Really? Huh. And I can't tell you how many beautiful women they had in there. Uh-oh. Were I mean, they dressed to the thing. nines? No, nah, I didn't. You know, I just made my way back to the bar, so I didn't really pay too much attention other than faces. Uh-huh. But uh, it is, I, 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 I'm friends with the guy, one of the servers over there that doubles as a bartender. His name is Clayton. Uh-huh. And he said, ever since the storm, they have been absolutely slammed, hmm. which, you know, obviously is a good thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. I wonder if that has to do with the fact that a lot of places are still not open or what that means. Well, is that the case on the North Shore that you're aware that there are multiple places that aren't open? I'm just curious. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. No, but. no, 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 no. I mean, I know that I was just saying the other day, Five Girls is closed. Anchor and Chifuncta is just open last Thursday. Um, right. So, I mean, I, I guess they're getting open. But, yeah, I think that there were a lot of places. Like we're just saying the lake house is closed for who knows how long. That's That got kind of obliterated. So, yeah, I think there are places that are not going to be opening for a while. I don't know that it's, you know, predominant, but I think that I'm always surprised to hear that such and such place is still not open. But but it does happen. So, yeah. I, I, ordered, I, mean, I don't know. I ordered, I ordered lamb chops for lunch. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I order pretty frequently over there. And what I'm going to say next is not a complaint. It's just a commentary. And ordinarily, you get four pretty good-sized lamb chops that are advertised on the menu as Colorado. Mm -hmm. And there's a distinct difference between Colorado lamb and New Zealand lamb, a distinct difference, both in size and and in flavor. Mm -hmm. And it's not a problem for me because I like both. I really do. But... Instead of four, they gave me five, and these were those little lollipop lamb chops, you know, like you get at banquets and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're really small, yeah. and and New Zealand has that twang to it that the Colorado lamb does not have, which does not bother me. I like it. It's fine. But all of that said, I told the guy that was taking care of me, I said, you know, I've been observing prices of beef in the markets 
And I don't know how anybody who sells steaks for a living is making a profit right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The price is just going through the roof. It has, yeah. And the price on the restaurant menus has not risen, yeah. Not not dramatically. I, I, it, I think it's gone up a little bit, but it hasn't gone up proportionally with their, with their cost right. is going up. Right. And yeah, uh, it's, it's, got, it's got to be tough. I mean, you know, if you're serving chicken and, and you're in the business, that's one thing. If you're serving prime beef, it's something else, you know? No, yeah. So you wonder how long that's going to last because the prices are not coming down. I mean, I think that, you know, I, I hate to say it and I hate to be a downer, and this is something that I've, you know, vehemently, uh, vehemently, steadfastly not gone into, which is, you know, the status of things circa 2020 in 2021. But, I mean, I don't see, it's like I don't think this is temporary, you know, I don't think it's temporary. I don't and, think it's going to resolve itself anytime in the foreseeable future. Because are you hearing about a supply chains being interrupted across the board? You know, and I think we got hit with so many different things in the last year and a half or two years, between the whole COVID thing and the hurricanes and and every just everything that's going on. You know, all the supply stuff that ordinarily would come in from China. That's being. I mean, you don't want to be in a market for a car right now. Trust me. You yeah, know. but I, I don't I don't think that all this stuff is just like, you know, accidental, which is why I don't see it going away. So, you know, no, it's not accidental. I, I think it's I think it's very I don't say it's deliberate. I don't think it's a, a, a deal where it was conspired to do this. But I just think it was like a lot of things that came together that just that created this situation. I mean, wh- why would chips not be available that people can't make as many cars as they need to make? I mean, that's just crazy, you know? Well, I, without going off the rails from the food show, I think that this is a fundamental shift, and I think it's – I don't see any of this stuff changing. I don't. So. Yeah. I'm going to keep Blame my little my... food show and talk about that, and that's that. Blame. But I – it's going to be interesting to see how all of these people long term survive this because I don't necessarily think that's the goal, you know. Well, I think I think it will resolve itself, but I don't think it's going to happen in the short term. I think it's going to be a long term effort to to get it back. I mean, it, it I do believe that supply and demand ultimately will will out, but I don't think it's going to happen in the, in the short term. But going beyond that, I'm really curious. I heard you say a day or two ago that you went to dinner by yourself the other night. Where, where did you wind up going? Uh, La Coretta. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you went someplace good. <laughs> no, no. I uh, I love I love outdoors, and um, I just you know I I actually thought about calling some people, and I just thought you know what I just want to go sit by myself and enjoy the weather, and so you know that's what I did. I just sat for about forty five minutes and had a nice tea and some chori queso, and that's it. You know. I got you. I live a buddy boring of mine, life. Hmm? Buddy of mine went to Chifonka last night with a four top, and I'm just really interested to see what what his feedback on that was. They, you say they just reopened, is that correct? They opened last Thursday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was great, but I'm, I, I haven't talked to him since he's been there. Well, so I'm I'll sure. tell you, I'm I'm really um, disappointed in the way Anchor came back from the hurricane, which in what is. Regard? It, it well, I didn't think the service was all that great before, and that's not why I went there. Uh, but the style of dining is now fast casual, 
and oh, well. there's nothing fast about it. And mm. I think the waiters don't really know who's actually waiting on you. And so every time I'm faced with, you know, tipping 20%, I don't want to because I wind up having to go get my own stuff, you know, right. and that annoys yeah. me. So I anyway, think and also the menu everywhere. is abbreviated. What? I think everybody's hurting for quality employees right now. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just yeah. just a tough, tough deal. Yeah. What about uh, what about Greyhound? Have they reopened? Do you know? Greyhound is reopened. I mm -hmm. saw. I think it's probably like a weekend thing. I I did see cars there in the evening, but I haven't gone. Have you been at all yet? No, I haven't made it. I haven't made yeah. it yet. I'd be curious to hear your report on that because it's yeah. the most unusual place. And what's the latest on Oxlot? Any updates? <laughs> I was saying how much I missed Oxlot, and Mary Lee said, yeah, that one hit you hard, huh? <laughs> and it really did. That, um, that's going to be a best enterprise? Well, I kind of think it is. They are. They have the, the paper in the windows, and it mm -hmm. says the, let's see, the convergence of culture and creativity coming soon. But there are no, what, there's what no name. What does that mean? I, I saw I that too, know. and I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> well, here's what you have to do. And this is what I have to do when I have a minute to do it. Because I can't get them on the phone. So I got to pull up, walk in, and go say, okay, who's opening there? So yeah. if anybody I'm beats me to that, call the show. What? I'm wondering what the cultural aspect of it is, you know? Well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I'm okay. going to send Octavio a text and see if it's them or if we can rule them out. But I got to find, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I realize this will surprise no one if you've listened to the show, but I don't do contacts. So I got to go through hundreds of texts to find a text. So when I, when I feel like investing that kind of time, I'll find it and then I'll, I'll ask him. Yeah, I never, I never did contacts before, and AT and T just upgraded me from three G to four G. So I started doing it just for the hell of it, you know. <laughs> but I, I'm the problem de I'm is, I'm so. Go ahead. What? I'm definitely. I was gonna say I'm definitely a dinosaur when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. See, now, now the problem is now I got to go through hundreds of them, and I don't want to do that. So it's kind of too big a thing now. So. Anyway. I'll, I'll always I'll always be one G behind, you know. Everybody's five G, so I'm four G now. I, you know what I think, Mike? I think that's an admirable goal. <laughs> an admirable goal. Good for you. Have I want to throw weekend. the darn thing. I want to throw the darn thing in the woods and walk away. Yeah, I get that feeling too sometimes. Yeah. All right, have a good All weekend. Right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. I'd love to talk to you about food. What? <gasps> oh, good. Okay, Jules, come on. I'm going to, I know, I never take two calls, but I'm making an exception. Come on, come on in. My wife, my wife, I had a rough week at work last week, and I told my wife, we are going to Del Porto, sit at the bar and order. And we did, and the hostess came over and visited with us and asked us about Mardi Gras, because we always get an A-top at Mardi Gras for Olympia. And I asked her, what's going on over at Oxlot? And she said, Funny you should ask. I met the chef, nice young man, or one of the owners. Creole Cuisine apparently is going in there. Oh, God. Uh, is that good or bad? Well, not to me. I mean, I think at a certain point, there's too many restaurants under the same umbrella. But <laughs> I was really, I was really hoping you were going to say Besh. I know Besh was in there, so... 
Oh, man. Okay, then. That's, now, that, that's coming from Del Porto. It's not coming from anybody else, so it's secondhand. My, well, my, I, think that's, I think that's pretty reliable, and it makes perfect sense. They're, they're buying up everything, so, you know, that makes perfect sense. Anyway. All right. Sorry Okey-dokey. I did a double call. Sorry I did a double call. <laughs> no, no, now I'm really sorry because of the content. All right, talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Uh, I don't really have an objection to Creole cuisine. I think they do a really good job of representing the local cuisine and furthering it with a lot of tourists. But I think there comes a point where it's just too much. And I would say, not on the North Shore. All right, WGSO New Orleans, it's time for the news from the Louisiana Radio Network. We'll be back after this. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Biden is cheering approval of Pfizer COVID booster shots. The majority of Americans who were fully vaccinated with the Pfizer vaccine are now able to receive the booster shot six months after they've received their second shot. He insisted the move toward boosters has been guided by science. Pfizer boosters will be available six months after the second dose for those over 65. The Biden administration had been pushing for boosters to be available for everyone. The photographer who shot the photo of a Border Patrol agent on horseback says the photo is being misinterpreted. Paul Ratje telling KTSM-TV he and his colleagues never saw agents whipping anyone. He says the Haitian men started running and trying to go around the horses. And you're listening to USA Radio News. What will you do if there's a sudden food shortage? Given recent headlines, it seems likely, and at any moment. That's why it makes common sense to build your emergency food storage supply now, while you still can. Do it with the kind of food that stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. Food that doesn't go bad like what you get at the grocery store. Whose food should you trust? The largest preparedness company in America, My Patriot Supply. We've served millions of American families going on 14 years. At MyPatriotSupply.com, our mission is your survival. Our emergency food could definitely be your lifesaver when the peanut butter hits the fan. Choose from dozens of delicious meal kits that provide over 2,000 calories a day, which is what your body needs. Order today and your food will ship fast in unmarked boxes to protect your privacy. Don't wait. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. MyPatriotSupply.com Human footprints thought to be the oldest in North America are discovered. New research conducted at White Sands National Park in New Mexico has uncovered the oldest known human footprints in North America. White Sands officials said the discovery reveals evidence of human occupation in the Tularosa Basin beginning at least 23,000 years ago. That's thousands of years earlier than previously thought. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Prime. The gunman in Thursday's shooting at a grocery store in the suburbs of Memphis, Tennessee, which killed one, has been identified as U.K. Thang. Collierville Police Chief Dale Lang explaining to reporters why he would not say Thang's name during the news conference. I'm not going to give you his name today. I'm not giving him notoriety in this platform, but Major David Townsend will provide anybody that wants his name shortly after this briefing, okay? So we're just not going to do it in this venue. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Lights out, everybody. 
Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. The first man they look for and the last they want to meet. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> the greatest radio shows of all time, USA Classic Radio Theater. On these radio stations or on demand by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. According to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, there is a framework in place to fund the Democrats' budget reconciliation bill, which includes much of President Biden's economic agenda. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott joins Fox and Friends, saying even if taxes are raised, there will still be nowhere near enough money for the bill. It's impossible to raise taxes enough to spend three and a half trillion dollars. So the size of that deal is coming down. But more importantly, when nice dry weather for our weekend upcoming. We'll have sunny skies each day and sunshine for Sunday and Monday, too. With warmer temperatures just a little bit each day, we'll still hold on to some pretty delightful conditions throughout the weekend. Afternoon sunshine, 70s to near 80, dropping to lows of 60s and 50s tonight. We're under a sunny afternoon mostly tomorrow and again on Sunday. Low 80s tomorrow, 60s, 50s for the morning Sunday. The afternoon highs in into the middle 80s. Rob Sanji, WGSO, the Gulf Coast Stamp Club will have its Fall 2021 Stamp and Postcard Show Friday, October 1st, 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. Saturday, October 2nd, 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. at the St. Martin Community Center, Lemoyne Boulevard, I-10 Exit 50, St. Martin, Mississippi. The event is free and open to the public. There's free parking available too. Sponsored by the Gulf Coast Stamp Club. More info at the Gulf Coast Stamp I'm Marianne Fitzmorris wanting to talk food with you and Gunter Preuss, who's on the line with us. We haven't talked to him in a while. Hey, Gunter. Hey, how are you doing, Marianne? I'm good. How about you? How'd you survive the hurricane? Okay? Yes, we had no, we had no problem. We, we left for about a couple of days and then we came back and everything was on. The electricity was on. The garbage was picked oh. up. So we've been very lucky. And oh. I feel very sorry. Yeah. We feel very sorry for all the other people. Yeah. Well, you know what we learned? Yeah. You know what we learned in Katrina was that um, back in the day, like many, many, uh-huh. like a couple of hundred years ago, you built, people used their head when they built, and they built on the best place to build. Uh-huh. And then everything else sort of spread out after that. Yeah, so the French yeah. Quarter is the best place. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it's not really surprising that you did well. So that's good. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. So we love to talk to Gunter, who is a retired world-class chef who has cooked in a lot of countries and done a lot of different things, even though I would say that you probably stayed truest to your European roots. Would you right. say that's true? It is. Yes. Yes. Okay. It is. Okay. And and I would agree with you that that's probably the best place to be because it's got the most history behind it. And I think that all things sort of sprouted from there. 
So what do you think about the way food is now being untraditionally twisted and manipulated in ways that kind of don't even make sense. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Absolutely. So uh, what, what my... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I want to hear... I want you to elaborate what? on that because, you know, I see it as a consumer, but certainly not a chef, someone who has created great things in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. What sort of trends have you seen, I would say, even in the last 10 years that you go, oh, come on, come on? You know, uh, the uh, trend, what, well, you, you asked me one, one question, and this was about the edible flowers. Yeah, uh, edible flowers, yeah. The mm-hmm. edible flowers. That, that, to me, flowers belong into a waste. Put it on the table and give it to a, to your wife or to a girlfriend, but not put it onto food. Yes. And, and yes. If, if you have a, a knowledge about food, you would say, "Well, my food is too good enough to put a flower there, but mm-hmm. my food is so good that I can put a fresh spice there, like mm-hmm. a dill, like a, a chive, like a tar- I mean a, a tarragon." or anything else which would make the, the food look so much better than if you would put a flower there. Yeah. I wonder if anyone really likes flowers. If you, if you see flowers on your plate, I think the trend is kind of fading. I think it's one of those it things that has, had a brief yeah. run and people uh-huh. thought it was, oh, that's cool, yeah. and then kind of right. ridiculous and it's kind of right. gone away. Right. But if you, if you actually look forward to eating flowers on a plate, please call us. I would love to hear why that is right. and what flower right. you have found particularly delicious. I'm, I'm interested in that. I kind of just always move them to the side. And yes, it makes for a pretty plate, but I never, I never did really understand it. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, so mm-hmm, go ahead. I guess, like you said, it was a, was something which was probably very popular for about a year or so, or even a little longer. But you know, like I like I said, if you want to put a flower there, I may, maybe as I put it into a vase. But there's so many fresh spices you can decorate with. With, with food. If you have a sauce or a food with some uh, tarragon in there, put fresh tarragon on. If you have a, a, a particular dish with dill, put fresh dill on to make it pretty. Or if you don't want to put any spice, put fresh parsley there. A little bit of freshly chopped parsley will elevate anything what you do. Okay? Even the people might, might laugh on me now, on red beans and uh, rice, if you put a little dab of fresh parsley on, it picks the whole dish up because the dish itself is a very down-looking dish. Which right. Is, I, you know, I'm not talking about flavor and, 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 and what you put in. It's a pedestrian, low-rent, yes. Right. right. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there are so many things you can do with, with food. And, and, and our culture now is... Uh, you know, uh, you know, a sauerkraut is a sauerkraut is a sauerkraut. Okay, you can't put nothing else in a in a sauerkraut. Then you put onion, uh, onion, and you put uh, 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 bacon in, but you don't put any other thing into a sauerkraut. And there are so many other dishes which which people do, and they you know you have restaurants now they cook 
Colombian, they cook Peruvian, they cook all kinds of different countries. <laughs> but if you're honest yeah. through your country, you present your food, what your food is all about or what you have eaten when you were growing up. Not right. to put all of a sudden mixes with red beans or mixes with, right. with <laughs> anything else. So that's the sad part about our new restaurants. Which the globalization. We, which yes. Yes. The, the fusion and globalization of right. everything where nothing is distinctive anymore and everything blends right. into nothing is what right. I, I consider right. that to be the case. All right. But, so um, this, the, the tendency to do that is something that annoys me. But right. also just certain things that are – and it's not like that I don't even really like them because I do really mm-hmm. like it. But just to give you an example – pickling of vegetables uh-huh. now is everywhere right and i like i mean i like it you like uh-huh. sauerkraut that's pickling we we both right. like pickles things right we right. both like pickled right. things right but there are places that i feel like pickling doesn't really belong i don't think of pickling as a gourmet item do you no it, it, it is. It is not. And, and I hate to say, when you watch the uh, advertisement was now the uh, the chicken sandwich from uh, McDonald's or some other big outfit, they put pickled uh, um, uh, uh, cucumbers on. I mean, it looks so ridiculous. <laughs> that, that, that I didn't know that. Any, any sense at all? Right. You know, right. when well, you, when you see the commercial, they put two little slices of pickled cucumbers on. <laughs> Anyway, that's my... Well, isn't, isn't a pickled cucumber a pickle? Yeah, it is. Actually. I mean, it used to be. Yeah, it used right. to be just a pickle. Right. You know, tomorrow, I, I've said this on the show before, tomorrow is my father's birthday. And my father, wow. I mean, he, if, he, if he were alive, you know, he'd be 103. But, uh-huh. but he used to have these odd habits of eating uh-huh. certain things. And uh-huh. one of them was he would get radishes, like uh-huh. red radishes, and slice uh-huh. them uh-huh. and put salt on them and eat them as a snack. And I always thought, man, Dad, that's kind of... That's kind of desperate, you know, just radishes well, with no, salt. Well, no, actually, but that's I, I, when, when you go to Europe, and that's what we used to do with the radishes. You, you but, but did you, you ever you expect... pickle them. You put a little bit of salt on first. Did you ever... Hmm? Go ahead. Okay, so radishes, to me, seem like something you eat if you're starving, Okay. Okay. I would never have expected to see radishes as a garnish that is that, that that's expected right. that you eat it right. everywhere. I mean, did you ever think that you would see the lowly radish uh-huh. on as many gourmet plates as you see now? No, no. I mean, it, do you laugh it, it, when you see it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do. Right, but I mean, just to come back in the defense of the uh, the the radish, like uh, where I was coming from, you you slice them like like you said your father did. You put a little bit of salt on it and then let them sit. When you made a salad, you used them as a additional add-on to whatever salad you you made. Mm-hmm. So I just I just feel like though back then. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that that was the every man's vegetable that you used right. as sort yeah, of right. a filler, okay? Right. 
But now you see no, no. radishes that are specially grown to be pink, pink and yes, oh, they yeah. are they are garnished on plates uh-huh. that are really expensive. And I right. always crack up when I see that because right. I think, you know, if my father saw this, he would also laugh because that was so, I mean, you know, he just wasn't a gourmet and I just don't right. expect to see something as lowly as the radish. I feel like, I feel like everything is being twisted upside down just for the fun of it. Does that make sense? It, it does. It uh, really, really does. Like, like I mentioned the. Uh, the, 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 the sandwich there, that fried chicken sandwich, it, it really, really does. And, and, and uh, you know, if you talk to a professional, the professional would, would then say, wait a minute, what is the, like you want to talk about the radish, what's the radish doing on this plate that doesn't belong there? <laughs> the radish got to be sliced and a little bit salted and then used into a different manner of, of, your, uh, yeah. of your menu. Yeah, it's so, it's strange. It's strange. It is. And I, I don't I don't know when this started because you've been around a long time, and I haven't been around nearly as long in the gourmet right. world. I mean, like I said, I grew up on Vienna sausages, and then I started right. hanging around with Tom and going to these fancy restaurants. Right. Right. But but I've noticed over the last, and I'm trying to pinpoint when this really started. When I just started seeing things that were simply ridiculous. On, right. on plates and wondering right. if the chefs who present them say that to themselves and they're doing it to be part of a trend or do they genuinely believe that what they've just put out is going to really wow a diner. I don't know. We'll talk to Gunter Preuss after these right. messages. We'll be right back. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manelli. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manelli, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. I get misty just holding your hand. We are back with Gunter Preuss, who is a classically trained European chef and a very, very good one at that. And I know that you have been dining out a lot as well as, I mean, you've only recently completely retired as well as cooking in kitchens after you sold Broussard. So when would you say you started to notice when you were dining out and you don't have to name any places, but when did you start saying, you know what, this this is silly. This is silly. Well, l- let me answer this, this question uh, that way. Uh, my wife and I, we go out, but we don't, uh, how can I say that? And I want to, again, uh, offend anybody. We don't look for something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we are, 
you know, uh, really, I mean, I, I really couldn't answer you there when I first noticed it, but the only thing what I notice is when you watch those television shows, okay? Oh. <laughs> like, uh, you know, the, the, whatever they call the great young chefs and the great medium chefs and the great old chefs, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's silly, yeah. And, and uh -huh. that's where, where you see those silly things on there. Yeah, but I think uh, you see it in restaurants too, Gunther. I think, I think you see these these weird things in restaurants right. too. I oh, mean, I'm, I I'm, wouldn't uh, say I'm quite sure. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm quite have, sure. Have you but, been to any new restaurants? Do you do you go to any new restaurants, or do you stick with the traditional ones? Because the very, new ones are where you're going to find very these seldom things. That we go to any okay. any new okay. new restaurants. Very very seldom. Okay. But to to come back to the radish, okay. When I used to work in New York and uh, and up east, we used a lot of radishes. But like I said, in the salad. But it's more we mm -hmm. or I came to the south. The radish was not even mentioned. Right. No, nobody yeah. knew what right. horseradish was. Right. right. If you go to, to the radish family. Okay. <laughs> so uh -huh. so uh, uh, just to, to, you know, to say this, no, we don't go, we're not very adventurous diners, to be very honest to you. You know, and I think that there's a connotation that that's somewhat, you know, closed-minded of you but I don't really Maybe think that's are, true yes. I think that uh -huh. you know no I don't I don't think so I think that you know I look at I look at these things I mean you know I'm with Tom so he mm -hmm. you know we we kind mm -hmm. of stay on what's out there right. so you know right. when I see these things like I was I was really shocked uh -huh. at uh -huh. the New Orleans uh -huh. wine and food experience uh -huh. uh, winners I mean, uh -huh. I will send you the list of winners. Right. I, I asked a bunch of chefs, and some of them didn't even know what those things were. Right. And I'm thinking, what what is going on here? I mean, this is well, this is not about what tastes good when you eat right. it, and that's a pity because that's what it ought to be first and foremost. You know. Right. Right. But but you see, this is where the big difference is. Everybody is a chef. They're not. They're cooks. Right. If you would, would use the title of being a chef, then you've got to have to put some, some time into your profession. Right. Okay? Right. Not to just stay in, 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 in New Orleans and say, now I'm a chef. Then you've got to go, yeah. you know, out of Louisiana, out of wherever you're claiming to be a chef, to first pick up a different ideas and things like that before you can call yourself a chef. And that's where the big difference is. And that's where the stuff comes in when they say, uh, sorry to go back to the radish. Oh, there's a radish. It looks red. It's got a tail on. I'm going to put it under your plate, right? And, <laughs> and think that my plate looks, looks good. They don't wonder and say, oh, wait a minute. The radish doesn't, right. you know, exactly. uh, fit Does not belong on there what I'm serving. Right. Right. See, and that's where the difference comes in, too. See? I'm, tr I'm that, trying to think of the, the place that I went, and I was really kind of appalled by it because it was good. I can't say that I didn't mm -hmm. care for I mean, I love pickled vegetables. Right. I love pickled right. things. But I got a oh. – it was like a short rib dish. Mm -hmm. 
and it had mm. instead of mashed potatoes or something yeah. that no, that no. warms your soul like the uh -huh. essence right. of short right. ribs it was right. served with pickled vegetables and i thought why 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 are you doing this this is silliness you know i was talking to um carmen provenzano who is the um new owner of pascal's manali yeah. we were there having dinner and he was excited about the short ribs and mashed potatoes that mm -hmm. were coming out of the right. oven. And he said, right. because that's what people mm -hmm. want to eat. And that well, is what people well, want to absolutely. eat. Absolutely. <laughs> they want to eat things that are not necessarily challenging. I think that's right. my big objection to things. Right. It's, like, it's like, don't present me with a plate of food that I have to figure out. Mm -hmm. I just want to eat it. Mm -hmm and feel good eating it. And I feel like we're really getting away from that. Do you right. think so? Oh, absolutely. Like I, like I just said, I mean, if you're from Peru or Colombia or from India, like I just cook you what your, <laughs> obviously your mother taught you or your grandmother <laughs> or whoever it is, but don't right. mix it up with any other culture. If you don't right. know what you're doing, <laughs> there's nothing right. wrong with this fusion food, food if you know what you're doing. All right. Okay? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you go maybe to the world stage, but here, I mean, uh -huh. it, it, it makes it, I guess, very uh, laughable and very, you know, I don't want to get into it. Well, Otherwise, you just, they're you know, going to tell me I'm yeah, doing it for the sake of doing it does not seem to be a good reason to do it. There's a place on the North Shore that I really, really like. And it's, it's interesting when restaurants start and how they change over time because obviously you see what the customer wants and what they don't want. So there's a restaurant on the North Shore that I really like. It's called Pyre Provisions. And the guy who owns it, was uh, is a former military guy who lived in something mm -hmm. like 33 countries. And so he picked up different right. things. He cooked in all those countries in the army and he picked up things from all of these different cultures. And right. so when he opened this restaurant, it was a global restaurant, which mm -hmm. on the North Shore seems hilarious to begin with, but mm -hmm. it was an interesting menu for sure. Mm -hmm. But it was right. one of these things that you just couldn't figure out at all and and it's it's not that now he's right. been around i think two or three years but the restaurant menu has been pared down to familiar uh -huh. things done well and right. the globalization right. is gone because the right. bottom line is people don't uh -huh want it <laughs> what right. they want right. is food they understand right. and tastes good that's what they want you know right. I, I don't right. know I just I, I feel like this has been going on for a long time but really has ramped up in the last 10 or 15 years you know uh, just to, to come back to those short ribs I mean if you're proud of your pickled vegetables then serve it on a side dish but don't put it onto the short ribs if people look at it, they don't want it, they're not going to eat it, okay? But if you put it on, 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 on the dish, on the plate, they, they obviously got to eat it, and that's where the they, uh, uh, different attitudes come in. So, like you said, short ribs should be served with mashed potatoes. I mean, and if, you wanna, if you're very proud of your uh, vegetable, your, your, your pickled vegetables, serve it on a, on, in a side dish. 
Or, or, is, it, or is it an appetizer at or the table, you know, yeah. just like Absolutely. some kind of antipasti right. thing, you know? Right. I mean, it's, right. it doesn't have right. to be Italian. It can just right. be the pickled vegetables. Right. And pickled vegetables right. are delicious. They absolutely they are. are. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they're good for you. But I just feel like, you know, you should be serving something homier with right. something homey right. like short ribs. And right. that's the kind of thing I just I get annoyed when I see these things. And I was just wondering if you as a classically trained European chef with not only good sense but really good taste uh-huh. and and good experience looks at things like this and just goes, oh man. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I probably <laughs> if if would be on, on my short list, I probably would be uh, you know not not that thing and send it back. I, I wouldn't eat it. Right. Maybe on yeah. the way out, I said, you know, sir or ma'am or whatever it is, <laughs> your your vegetable didn't fit on. On, on 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 my short list there. First yeah. of all, the, the, the sourness from the from the pickles going to run into the short uh, short rib yeah. sauce, right? It's going to ruin the whole dish, right? Yes, it's it's very so. strange. I mean, I now you know what's interesting about what you just said though is. My mother, who was German, I mean, she wasn't. Mm. She was German and English. She had one parent mm. of each, and um, mm. we used to have red beans, mm. and then she would get um, pickled onion mm. and chop a little bit of that and mm. put that mm. in the center of the plate. Right. And I liked the way it it mm. perked up the red beans, right. but right. but I I don't know that we're talking about the same thing. A, a meaty dish no. like short ribs really ought to have. A starch with it starch that with has, it, yes, absolutely. yeah, yeah, okay. Doesn't That's have to be way. mashed potato. It can be rice or it can be any anything else. Uh-huh. Okay, but uh, anyway, so okay. but, but I mean that that's that's the way everything is is going right now. And sometimes it, it's very scary, and and <laughs> especially like I mentioned, you watch those TV shows. Oh, I mean, see, that's the silliness. That's that's entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah, we talked but, about but I mean, that. Hmm? Yeah. Go ahead. What? That, no, I mean, what I'm saying is that where you see those oddball dishes and, and, and people think, well, that's the way it is. And, no. and, uh, so, Do they really? Anyway. I hope they don't really. Uh, Gunter, can you stay for a few more minutes? Because I want to ask Absolutely. you about cauliflower, about the, the ubiquitization of mm-hmm. cauliflower. cauliflower. Not that Absolutely. I don't love cauliflower. I do. I, but, I love it, cauliflower. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it 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 okay. too has been bastardized quite a bit. It is, so we're yes, gonna talk yes. we're gonna talk right. about cauliflower in, right. in just a little bit. Right. We were talking about the Food Network, and uh, I'm we're going up to the the bottom of the news. But just really quickly, um, Gunter, the Food Network is about entertainment, and it used to be, it became popular because it was one uncontroversial thing that you could watch with your kids, and now it's like some weird circus. But anyway, we'll be back. Bottom of the hour Bye. news, Louisiana Radio Network. It's three. Louisiana Radio Network News. I'm Kevin Gallagher. During a joint Medicaid Oversight Committee meeting today at the Capitol, River Ridge Senator Kirk Talbot questioned Attorney Stephen Russo with the Department of Health over who approves nursing home evacuation plans. Now, this comes just after a mass evacuation to a Tangipahoa warehouse that resulted in several deaths. Talbot questioned Russo as to why patients from Orleans, Jefferson, Terrebonne, and Lafouche Parish nursing homes were sent to Tangipahoa when storm models indicated it was in Hurricane Ida's path. Why did they send them there? Who's watching the storm? when that decision was made? Uh, that, that is definitely something that I'm not going to be able to answer 
on advice of counsel. Baton Rouge businessman Bob Dean owns the nursing homes and the warehouse. He and LDH being sued by residents and some surviving family members. A district court judge in Lafayette tosses out a lawsuit filed by employees of one of two Acadiana hospitals who say being ordered to get a COVID vaccination or face firing is unconstitutional. The judge says no, employers are within their rights as a business to make COVID shots a condition of continued employment. This is news on LRN. For a little while, things were a bit quiet on the bayou. But now, fans are back in the stands. And armored trucks are backed up to the locker rooms. The name, image, likeness era is here. LSU sports will never be the same. Football is back. It's a new day in LSU sports. With coleslaw and Cajun seasoning pumping through its veins, Coach O is focused on getting the Tigers back to the top. You got to want to change the times as a coach. And there's new blood in the LSU athletics department. Baseball coach Jay Johnson and women's basketball coach Kim Mulkey. It's game time. Plus, Coach Will Wade is working with a new but talented basketball team. Follow the journey of LSU sports with the Bible of LSU sports. Tiger Rag Magazine. Tiger Rag Magazine. On newsstands and online at TigerRag.com. Keeping you connected to all things LSU sports. Tiger Rag Magazine. WGSO 990 AM has recently become recognized as an official 501c3 nonprofit organization capable of accepting tax-deductible donations. So, in commemoration of our 75th anniversary, the station is launching a 75 for 75 campaign with the goal of raising $75,000 in 2021. The funds that are raised will be dedicated to help the station fulfill our broadcast mission and satisfy any equipment needs that arise. These donations are especially important because unlike most radio stations in New Orleans, WGSO is independent, locally owned and operated and not part of a national broadcasting conglomerate. To donate, go to WGSO.com and click on the Donate button on the front page. Help us to continue to be the community voice of the Crescent City. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, don't ask me. I won't dance, madame, with you. Yes, indeed. 556-9696. If you want to talk to Gunter Preuss, he's our guest this half hour or turning into the hour because he's such an interesting fellow. All right, so you like cauliflower, right, Gunter? Yes, but let me, yeah. let, let me say something before we go, get step into the cauliflower. You know, we were talking about food trends, and we are talking about now the food network, and we are talking about that we don't have any young people which want to become chefs anymore, okay? But if you listen to those food network shows, if I would be a parent and I would see that blocked out language, I would say, oh, my God, why should I send my son or daughter to be a, a chef? And with it, I'm just going to close down and we talk about cauliflower. You know what, Gunter? You and I have to have a conversation off the air. We'll talk. Fine. We'll talk it more at length about about that off the air. So, cauliflower. Mm-hmm. I love cauliflower. I yes. think it's great as a soup. I think mm-hmm. it's terrific with butter on it and uh-huh. some salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't think of it as a pizza crust. And it's actually a pretty good pizza crust. I don't know if you've ever had a pizza crust made out of cauliflower. Have you? Uh, no. 
I'm not. Don't eat pizza even. We, we I'm not surprised. If the grandchildren come over, they order pizza. So we each have a slice right. of pizza. We not. In the regular way with the Joe. Okay, Patty, weigh in on this. How do you feel about cauliflower pizza? It's it's not one of my favorites. I do like mm-hmm. it mixed up with, mm-hmm. like, cauliflower and broccoli. And I think at, at Merrill's, they had that baked cauliflower with cheese mm-hmm. on it that was mm-hmm. delicious. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, one of my go-tos. It's like it's like this. I, I mean, I think cauliflower, first of all, I think that John Besh started the cauliflower thing locally with his big wonk of roasted cauliflower. Mm-hmm. And I think before he had it at Domenica, he had it as like a vegetarian mm-hmm. slab of steak mm-hmm. cauliflower, wow. which which was all very good. I mean, it's good. But you don't think of it that way. And now I I see things like cauliflower rice. And I understand if you're you know, if you're um, a gluten-free person yeah. because you are, have celeriac disease or any of those things, I get you have it. Mashed cauliflower but, with potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, instead of mashed potatoes, you do mm-hmm. cauliflower. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. the bottom line is, it's cauliflower and not mashed potatoes. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? <laughs> cauliflower like, is cauliflower. Yes. Right. See, right, and it's it's like. You, you want to do, or, or we're expected to do these head trips, but but I don't want to do them. You know what I mean? Right. It see, just see, seems well, silly. To, to me, if if you eat cauliflower, or first of all, if you eat any vegetable, you've got to start with a little broth and a little bit of salt, and then cook your vegetable in it. So the vegetable, when you when you already rinse it off, it tastes like something. Right. Okay. And then if you come back to the cauliflower, you cook the whole head of cauliflower. And what we used to do, it already tasted a little bit salt. We never did any more additional salt. We just browned some butter with some breadcrumbs and and put it over it. That's the way we used to eat cauliflower. But then there's nothing wrong with with the cauliflower which you put a little breading on, okay? Mm -hmm. Like they they, uh, uh, do it now sometimes where you have some fried cauliflower, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you maybe use a, a, a vinegar-type sauce or, if, like you said, if you make an appetizer out of it, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you know, serve guess, it with a nice steak. There's nothing wrong with that. No, 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 no. I think cauliflower is really good. I just find Fine. it funny when you start making things into something that they're not and it's almost they're like not, just for no. the just for the heck of it mm-hmm. and yes. then and then it catches on and people think oh this is really great but it's Why? it's not that it's not good i mean i think that you know if you're if you're doing a pizza and you mm-hmm. put cheese and red sauce mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. kind of meat on mm-hmm. cardboard it's going to be Why? good cuz you're tasting the mm-hmm. the meat and the, but it seems to Why? me that a pizza is dough and mm-hmm. it's you know it's like we have these images of things that have been f- around forever right. and i don't i don't feel like they need to be turned on their head when i think right. pizza i'm not right. thinking a cauliflower crust pizza i'm thinking of you know mm-hmm. bread right. dough pizza right. mm-hmm. and that's just i don't know i just see a lot of this stuff and i was just wondering yeah. i figured that you would be a good person to ask because you know you get into these mindsets and then it's like mm-hmm. this tsunami and you're, right. you're the salmon right. swimming upstream right. if you say, well, right. a cauliflower 
pizza right. isn't really a pizza, well, is it? Right. Well, you know, you know like, I, like I said prior to it, I said a sauerkraut is a sauerkraut is a sauerkraut. That's right. And the pizza is a pizza, and it's a pizza right. now. I guess <laughs> when you use your imagination, that's where your imagination comes in. That's and right. Then, you know, sell it with whatever you put on there, your pizza. If you put broccoli on or you put uh, squash on or you put uh, uh, cauliflower on, if people like it, I guess that's entirely up to you if you can sell it as whatever yeah. you call the pizza. Well, it's it's fine if you put it on it, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not a crust. In, in the dough, I mean, yes, right. It's right. it's not the dough. Right. I mean, it's it's right. it's that's what's so weird about right. it. Okay, right. Gunter, before you go, I'm going to ask you what I've been asking everyone uh, uh-huh. who I respect as a chef to take me from my mundane roast chicken into something elevated. I did another roast chicken last night, and truly, I guess I feel this way about food. Uh If you take a lot of wholesome ingredients and you put them together, when you cook them together, how can it be bad? Right. So I take a roast chicken, I put a lot Uh of garlic in there, Uh I stuff celery in the cavity, I put carrots around it, I do parsley on top, Mm -hmm. I do salt, pepper, thyme, And uh, onion in the, you know, next to the carrots. And then I roast it in the oven. And then I turn it a few times. And it's delicious. But it also can be boring after a while. So do you have any ways to jazz up a roast chicken? No, I... I I guess you could, uh, you know, rub the the breast with some some mustard and and garlic. Okay? You can put some, a little bit of uh, uh, bacon strands in there. If you want to do that, mm. or that's about basic. You know, a, again, a chicken is so delicious. It is. You don't mess it up with all kinds of other stuff right. in it. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Or so, then some so I'm on the right put, track. I'm on yeah, the right some track. Some people put some some butter under the skin, which is nothing uh-huh. wrong either. I mean, that's nothing wrong either with that. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. All right, so Gunter, before you go, before yeah. you go, leave us on uh-huh. this note. What are some of your favorite things to eat? Like your Mine? top five favorite things to eat? Thanks. Yes. Okay. I, I, Evelyn just was, was out walking, and I made myself a potato soup. Mm. <laughs> with, What's with wrong with bacon, that? With bacon and, and, and celery, carrots. Uh, obviously potatoes, and I and I soaked some little German Wiener sausage into it, and that's what we're going to have tonight. But what my favorite, my first favorite thing is, I like to eat. Uh, Evan makes some some little beef rolls, like beef rouladen, which you mm-hmm. stuff with, which you put pickles in and bacon and stuff like that. Then you roll it, okay. And then uh, what else I, I like? I, I like a good steak with a stuffed baked potato, a lot of sour cream and bacon on it. So Basic, delicious. Yeah. Sounds like you do, you, you defer to your German heritage when you eat we, at home. We, we both do. We really yeah. both huh. do. Okay. Uh, we sometimes we eat fish. We buy some uh, uh, little redfish or whatever it is or... Uh, and, and and I put the breading on, and we we we, we fry it, and we make a nice remoulade sauce with it. Uh-huh. We eat this 
if you eat a uh, fish dish. But like I said, we are very, actually very simple eaters. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you say you Vienna know, sausages? Did you put Vienna sausages in your potato soup? Is that what you said? Right. Uh, but I have to, <laughs> again, uh, I have to say, you, you, you go to uh, uh, World Market, World uh-huh. Market, yeah. and they got real original German Wiener version in a big okay. glass jar. Okay, so not little, not the armor can Vienna sausages no, no, that I'm no, always no, making no, fun not of. The okay. Chicken in and okay. all the other stuff. No, no. Okay. No, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always making. Fun. I was raised on those things, and I'm thinking, yeah. oh man, Gunter's right. blowing his credibility here after this whole yeah. interview by saying no, no. he puts Vienna sausages in his potato soup. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Is there no, any no, cheese no, in your there. potato soup? Pardon Do you put me? cheese on it? On, uh, yeah, on, on on the on the stuffed maple. Oh, absolutely. No, no, no. Cheese in the potato soup. Do you do that? No, no, oh no, oh no, no. no. Okay. If you just put uh, bacon, celery, onions, and uh-huh. carrots, and obviously potatoes. Yeah. And put put uh-huh. some nice broth on that. You can buy those chicken broth things. Uh-huh. And and yeah. then that's about it, basically. Some yeah. fresh chopped parsley in it to make it look pretty. So. It's kind of a nice day for soup. It's starting to get to be fall, so it's a fall, nice day yeah, for right. soup. So One anyway, of these days, well, Gunther, I'm going to have to go to that market and really yeah, find some of that yeah, stuff right. you're always talking I mean, there's about. There's so much German. I'm, <laughs> you know, I always come back out about this German deal, but there's uh-huh. so much German stuff in there. Like well, you're German, so why not? Yeah, you know? like cake mix and stuff like this, which we uh-huh. don't use. But okay. uh, it's, it's, it's in the Elmwood Shopping Center. Oh, okay. Can you take a call, Gunter? We have a, yeah, a caller that wants to ask you a question. Absolutely. Okay, let's take a break, and we'll be back with okay. Alan, who wants to talk to Chef Gunter. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 okay, years. Then? That's when I first right. got my big okay. green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils, Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, and jalapeno cheese bites. And we love the very attentive service here at Mandeville Seafood Restaurant and Market, celebrating 25 years. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. Thought has wings and lots of things are never what they seem. Is true. Let's go to Alan. Hello, Alan. You want to talk to Gunter? Oh, do I? Let me say. Um, I'm a big fan, Chef. Just want to let you know Hello. that uh, firsthand. Uh, can you hear me okay, Chef? Yeah. Ah, uh, v. Gates. Hello. Oh, wait, wait. Y- yes, I'm sorry. Uh, from my accent, uh, I said V. Gates, but my German isn't very good. Oh, uh, v. V. Gates. Can, oh, Danke gut. <laughs> oh, 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 good, good. They're good. They're good. 
Uh, Chef, my mother uh, is German, and uh, you didn't men- you haven't mentioned when when I heard um, Roladen, m- my ears popped, and yes. I had to rush home. I w- I'm driving from a doctor's office, and <laughs> otherwise I'd be at work. But but uh, Roladen was something my mother made. Um, she didn't put bacon in it because we're Jewish. But oh, uh, well, she- then, then I can understand yeah. that. I can really understand that. But uh, what we used to do in, in uh, Germany, we used to put first, uh, you put mustard in, you put salt and mm. pepper, you put a little bit of paprika, then, you put, then we put a slice of bacon, you put a pickle, and you put a piece of onion in. So if you take the bacon out, you can still put all, all the other stuff in. She, uh, chef, she put in beef pastrami. Oh, okay. All right. Makes a lot of sense. That. Absolutely. And also, um, road call. Road call, yes. Abs- yes. Well, we you, used to serve with the Roladen, you serve road call on, on Klöse and dumplings. Mm. Oh, Klöse. yes. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? What's road call? What is that? Oh, oh. Yeah, that road call is. It's red cabbage, and, uh, you, you, you know, when you were talking earlier uh, about pickled uh, vegetables. Yes. This is, this, is, this is, would you call this a pickled vegetable, Chef, or would you just say it's cooked with vinegar? It's cooked, yes. I mean, you, 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 first of all, what you do, we, we chop the fresh cabbage, and then we put vinegar, salt, pepper, a uh, uh, little bit of oil, we we put what else? There's seven spices in there. What what? Uh, I must admit, missed something. Vinegar, salt, pepper. What about apples? No, that's it. Chopped onions and and then chopped apples. That makes the seven. And you marinate this overnight. Yes, and then you just put it in a in a in a in a pot with well, like like with, you just you you would would put olive oil there. And yes. just braise it in there. Oh, and the whole house would, sm- you know, we came home from school. My brother and I knew, oh, we're going to. And, you know, growing up, this is we ate this so much. Yeah. We would love to just have, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> and broad, broad kartoffels. Broad kartoffels. <laughs> Boy, you speak pretty good German then. <laughs> you, yeah. We used to, yes, right, Bratkartoffeln und, und Rühreier. I mean, Bratkartoffeln yeah. and scrambled eggs for the mo- in the morning. So we, we Patty, made, does this sound uh, very good to you? Yeah. <laughs> Not really. Let me, uh, I got to say, guys, maybe you have to be German. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. But you see, you're learning stuff. We're yeah. learning stuff. Yeah. We, we make, a, uh, we make a, a, a dish, which is... It's called, and, and we call it here, hoppel-poppel. It means mm. it's, it's um, onions, hash browns, bacon, scrambled eggs, and then you, you make like an omelet out of it. So that sounds Marianne, good. When, that's when, a, that's good. This is yeah, that's good. When yeah, we can do that one. We'll do that we'll one. Do that. Patty and I are voting for that. Okay. <laughs> so when, when, then, then I'm, when our kids grew up, they were not allowed to have uh, ketchup. My wife wouldn't allow to have them catch them. So, and and, and oh. now, since there's nobody home, it's just me. I put a lot of ketchup on, too, which really tastes good. What so. can you do, oh. you know? Oh. It's that fusion um, cuisine. There you go. Yeah.
I don't know though. Those are those are that sounds that doesn't sound as good as a good old plate of meatballs and spaghetti, guys. I have to say, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think the Italian cuisine's probably much more adaptable for most people. I would say. Right. You know, I'll I'll just stick with schnitzel. I'll take. I'll stick with the schnitzel. Yeah, that Vienna works. schnitzel. Vienna schnitzel is always yeah. good. Always good. Yeah, I'll take but that. But you can't also a lot home, not a lot, but we, like you say, meatballs, but we put onions, we put egg, uh, fresh egg in the meatball, breadcrumbs, and, and, and then we make little patties out of it. And then yeah. we saute it and cook it and let it cold. Then it gets cold in, in the refrigerator, and then we eat it cold with mustard. Yes, the egg. Now that's the egg okay. Is that's raw. like a pate. That's okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. The egg. So when, when I make uh, meatballs, or when when I make meatballs, that's what my meatballs. And our son said, "Oh, that's not a meatball." <laughs> well, it's a German meatball. So, yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, whenever you put stuff in meat, yeah. you know, whether you call it a meatball or a meatball yeah. or a pate or whatever, you know, it's it's kind of from the same origin. Alan, it's good to hear from you. We haven't heard from you in a while. I'm glad Gunter brought you out. Well, I just had the opportunity, and I was just about, I left work early, and I was uh, listening to the show on on my phone. Uh, And Chef Gunter is uh, one of my, I'm a big fan. I I worked at Broussard's. um, uh, You were at Broussard's, right, Chef? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You owned it, yeah. It was yours, yes. Okay. Now, unfortunately, not while you were there. I was there before, right before you, you got it. So I go way back. But, um, no, I've had the pleasure of meeting you many, many years ago. Just one of the many waiters, New Orleans waiters, that uh, admire you. Okay. Thank you very much. (laughs) Alan is an expat. We have a theme song for him. Do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? Orleans. All right, Alan, take care. I'm uh, I'm glad to hear from you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Alan. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Gunter. On okay. that note, we're going to... Uh, okay. Does he want to talk to Gunter? Does he want to... He want, oh, Gunter, you're getting a bunch of calls. All right, let's go. Do you, can you take another one? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Hey, good night. Okay. Let's go, Michael. Good night, Good night, Gunter. Oh, good night. <laughs> Look, uh, Gunter, I had a horse named... Everybody Schnitzel. quit with the German. Go ahead. What? Oh, yeah. I, I had a race horse named Schnitzel and Noodles. Nobody could beat her. She was very fast. Yes. She was very, very fast, and no one could beat her. But she broke her leg about 30 years ago, and I've never eaten schnitzel since then. Oh, then well, Aww. maybe you should try one now after 30 years. You're, no, you're... I've, got, I've got to honor the great Philly. But anyway, yeah. the best meal I've ever had, I've eaten all over the world, all the great places, is your meal, the 10-course Titanic dinner. All right. That's a long time ago. Jesus. That's at the Versailles <laughs> restaurant, right? Yeah, 10, ten courses, and it was served exactly as the uh, first-class passengers on the Titanic right. ate oh, the, yeah. night, the, the night of the iceberg. Yeah, I know. I know. That's a long time ago. Yeah, it, it was fabulous. Even the consommé was fabulous. Yeah, not very and nice had, to hear from you. you. You had wines with every uh, every course, so yeah, I yeah. had to hire a chauffeur to pick us up because I knew I couldn't drive home. <laughs> yeah, that was a great <laughs> restaurant. Ridden, no, no well, by, by that time, the little filly was gone. 
Anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh. All right, Michael. Thank okay, you for good. calling. Y'all We're going to say... Gonna... We're going to say goodbye to Gunter. Gunter, it's always a pleasure. We'll have you on again soon. Thank, I, thank I always enjoy talking to you. Thank Take you. care. Thank Bye-bye. you, Michael. Bye-bye. All right. There he goes. And that pretty much ends it for the show. This I don't turned know, into Patty. a party, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, Gunter's good. He's, you know, he's a, I would say he's an old timer, but he doesn't look like an old timer. But he, you know, I mean, he's he's a traditional great chef and um although i have to say some of that german stuff uh, yeah yeah i'm with you on that (laughs) but i think you know i mean i my mom had a lot of german things in her ancestry and i know that there was this one dish that she made which was essentially sauerkraut with pork in it onions and potatoes and it sounds really gross but it was actually really good but there's a lot of pickled stuff in the German cuisine and like I said I like pickled things but um but not when they're not appropriate and I don't know I guess if you're German they're appropriate everywhere but if you're not German then it looks a little suspicious anyway Sunday is National Pancake Day. And who doesn't love pancakes? We didn't find anyone who called in to say, I don't like pancakes. I'm going to assume that no one doesn't like pancakes, that everyone likes pancakes. Do you make them from a mix, Patty? Of course. (laughs) Actually, wait, let me say, I have John Besh's cookbook. And I have Uh made the pancakes from scratch out of his cookbook. And they do come out delicious. But it's just easier. They're so simple. (laughs) I don't know, but it's so simple to make them the it regular is. way. It is. I don't know. I don't know about what's in the Besh cookbook, but I know that. I'm sorry about that noise. Whatever in the world it is, uh, we have a cookbook here called the Home Cooking Sampler, and there's a recipe for pancakes there, and that's what I always used, and I make pretty great pancakes. And it was one tablespoon of canola oil, which I have now changed to butter one cup of flour, one cup of milk, and one tablespoon of sugar. Is that it? I think that's it. Isn't there? And by flour, I mean self-rising flour. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, and an egg. One egg, yeah. one cup of milk, one... And, and by the time you do that, it's not really any different from dumping mix in and adding milk. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. so simple. You do the... The tablespoon of butter, the cup of milk, the uh, tablespoon of sugar, and the... Uh, oh, I, we add vanilla to ours, too. And um, it makes a great pancake. Tom says his kitchen sage says the first pancake is the worst one and the second one is the best. And I think that's absolutely true. Oh, that is so true. And yeah, it really... It, it, it takes you a minute to get that, mm-hmm. that uh, heat right on the griddle. We do love pancakes, though. I think that's kind of a a, a constant thing. Everyone loves pancakes. All right, that's it for us. Have a great weekend on this last weekend of September. It's kind of amazing that we're at the end of the month already, heading into October. This is the 75th anniversary of WGSO. Happy anniversary to them. If you go to their website, WGSO.com, and click that yellow button, you will participate in the 75 for 75 campaign 
which is uh, to celebrate the 75th anniversary. Also to raise money to improve things across the board for the station, where they have been for 75 years. The Community Voice of the Crescent City, the only locally owned news talk station in the city, and now a 501c3 nonprofit, so your tax, your donation is tax deductible. Happy anniversary to WGSO. Nomenu.com is our platform here for the food show. That is N-O-M-E-N-U.com. That's where you're going to find Tom's 50-year prolific body of work on food in general and New Orleans food in particular. It's where you'll find the list of all the restaurants that are open. You will find out, uh, well, a I would say, I'm trying to say report, but it's not really a report. Reviews of restaurants around town. We have our podcast on the front page there. Please tell a friend about the show. We would love for you to uh, introduce them to this, you know, just lighthearted show about something we love instead of things that we fear or are sad about. So we love food in New Orleans. The only thing we like more than talking about it is eating it. And we do this uh, two to four, Monday through Friday. Please tell a friend. They will be grateful if you do. We also have our Instagram page. It is at the New Orleans menu. If you go to the top right of nomenu.com and sign up for the newsletter, you will get these things delivered to your box twice a week, your inbox. Tim McNally is up next with the Dine, Wine, and Spirits show, and I believe there's more food and wine all evening here on the station. WGSO New Orleans, 4 o'clock. Good night. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas at the White House on Friday says the migrant camp under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas has been cleared and that thousands of illegal immigrants are being asked to appear in court. Approximately 12,400 individuals 